Hello, Skittlebirds. It's Rick Fink Jr. here saying hello. I just wanted to preface the show and say, again, Happy New Year. I think we can still say it. This is the last week, by the way, that you can say Happy New Year. I'm calling that right now. That's a Scuttlebutt rule. And it's just been stamped. <clears throat> okay. No, I want to talk about my sponsors, our sponsors. Liz and I are very thankful for APC Pest and Termite Control, Larkin's Wine and Spirits, Mario's Lawn Care, Park Street Books, Perez Martial Arts, Royal Pizza, and Winslow Design. Running a podcast, it's it's not uh, it's not cheap, you know? A lot of moving parts, a lot of things to, uh, a lot of services get involved, a lot of people want money to do this or that for you, you know? So you gotta, you gotta pay these people, and uh, these sponsors do it. In fact, here's an example of what I'm talking about. You want good quality, you gotta, you gotta go out and get some licensed music, right? But that costs money. This, this bed right here, that one right there. Yeah, I bought that. Bought that with the money from our sponsors. And I'm really pouring it on because this Christmas, I forgot. I did not forget. I failed to do what I typically do, which is go around and give every, give every uh, sponsor a handshake or a hug and a poinsettia. But it just didn't fall in the cards this year, guys. I'm sorry. But, um... I do love our relationship. You guys are the best. So, again, if you've got bugs, critters, an in-law, and you need to get rid of them, APC Pest, Termite Control. APCPest.com is their website. You should check it out. Also, you're having a bad day and want to tip a few back? Don't go out to the bar. You'll run up a tab. It's ridiculous. Just stay home. But before you go home, stop off at Larkin's Wine and Spirits. Hey, you got some crabgrass on your lawn. Maybe you got some snowy need plant called Mario's Lawn Care. Kids can't read. You don't want them to be illiterate. Take them to Park Street Books. Hey, you want to uh, you want to kick ass and take names? You know, you want people to respect you. You want to respect yourself. Right? You want to defend yourself when the bad guy comes around and shakes you down for your la- that lunch money. You can just call Perez Martial Arts. Boy, that will work up an appetite after you do some ass kicking. You're going to be hungry. So uh, head on over to Royal Pizza. Oh, my God. That bed just ended. <laughs> Look what that money gave. Maybe I should up the rates on the sponsorship. I mean, I'll... maybe I should talk faster. There we go. Okay. Starting it over. And we have one more. Winslow Design. Hey, your house looks cool, right? You could look cooler. You want to refresh that? You want to make it a little more functional and fashionable, right? Update that thing. Call Winslow Design. There you go. Those are our sponsors. We're going to start the show now, okay? So I'm going to just pot this music down that's exclusively ours because I paid for it with the sponsorship money. Did I mention that? That the sponsors bought this? Oh, there goes the music. Let's start the show. Small Town Scuttlebots. Okay. Hey there. That was like a soft start before. You know, when I was uh, doing all that sponsorship. <laughs> Did I say sponsorship? Sponsorship stuff. I got to do some mouth exercises. I cannot speak clearly today. I did chorus when I was a kid. We had to do these exercises, and I just felt stupid doing it, so I quit. I had to go like... Pepsi Cola, Pepsi Cola, Peps. I just feel stupid saying that. So I quit. 
And I started a podcast. All right, we're going to pot this down. Oh, guys, it's Rick Fink Jr. I'm in the northeast corner of my basement recording another episode. This is number 175. We've been doing this for over three and a half years consistently for the most part. And uh, my co-host, Liz Tillett, like it is daily, is busy with her job. And I am busy with this project in my backyard. I've talked about it before. A lot of masonry, a lot of excavation, a lot of carpentry. None of which I'm an expert in, and it's actually looking pretty good. Thank you, YouTube, and the fine people um, in the trades who I've I've interviewed and bugged and um, pestered for some tips and tricks. It's actually looking pretty good. Anyway, uh, we got to do um, another week of uh, like a best of, and then next week, and I promise, I pinky swear, we are going to be doing the actual like report to the studio, turn the microphones on, look at each other across the table and have a conversation, maybe bring in a guest. You know, let's talk about something relevant. You know, have a show. But I feel like we've done so much good work on this show, not to, not to boast or brag. I mean, we can always get better. That's what we're always trying to do. But we get some really cool guests, and uh, let's, just, let's just highlight them. Let's just bring them up, okay? So we're not going to waste any more time. Uh, let's see, this one comes from March 28 of this past year, episode 138, True Crime with Paul Maleri. If you've been a fan of the show, you know that Liz Daly, <clears throat> like a typical woman in her mid-40s, uh, just happens to love true crime. I was always confused. Like, I think it's messed up that you, for entertainment purposes, are watching the murder case of uh, a seven-year-old girl. Like, that's awkward. I've learned that you're actually learning about how to protect yourself and prevent situations from happening. So I get it now. It's cool. Um, Paul Maleri is an awesome guy. He's from England, and he was over uh, here on the United States visiting family that just coincidentally happens to live across the street from me. Small world, right? Do you remember, like, back in the, when we started the show, we had a—I used to call her the news girl. It was kind of funny because she's, like, in her 20s. And her name is Megan Kelleher. She lives across the street, and she uh, was coming over doing the news and stuff. And then, and then she made some poor life choices. She's like, you know what? I think I'll uh, go get my my MBA. Like, what does that even stand for? So she goes gets this MBA thing at like a Duke University, and then she's like engaged. So she's going to get married, and she lives in New York City. So she's not our news girl anymore. And by the way, this is kind of weird, but. I was, like, really excited for her marriage, and now I'm kind of nervous because she's going to marry a guy named Mac. And historically speaking, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, around here, things don't usually work out with guys named Mac. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going to, I have faith in this. I think they're going to do great because they, because Megan comes from a great family. But enough about the family. Enough about those Kellehers across the street from me who give out the big candy bars at Halloween. I want to talk about uh, their family member, Paul Maleri. He came out, and uh, he was so awesome. He's a detective. He is. He has covered over 30 murders, 30, three zero murders. Want to hear all about that? Let's do this. <laughs> Let's talk about true crime. Yeah. This is Liz Loves True Crime, and I'll just open it up. You've been on murder investigations. Is it like in Hollywood where you're like, you son of a bitch, where were you on Tuesday <laughs> no, night? No, it's nothing like that at all. So let me take it back. You are you are part of a team. Mm -hmm. Okay, you are one part of a jigsaw puzzle. A murder scene in the UK is bolted down. It's nothing like Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You don't lift up the 
the tape and go under the tape and <laughs> yeah you're oh, contaminating a crime scene exactly you lift off the sheet and you have a look and there's a body underneath and you put the sheet down and you shake yep. your head and it's not it's not like that mm-hmm. okay. um it's very very clinical mm-hmm. because you can't afford to have a miscarriage of justice and arrest the wrong person right so you were a detective or a law enforcement officer for for 30 years yeah there obviously during that time there was tremendous advances in DNA technology, Huge. CCTV, GPS, all the all just technology across the board. So when you from the time you solved your first murder to the time you solved your last murder, like was it much easier to solve that last um, murder because of advances in technology? The inv- advancement, we had a, a murder in the UK. One of the early um DNA traces was a, a lady called Fiona Gallant and she was murdered by a um a suspect trucker, lorry driver. And they found a body and then they caught him on the back of a DNA test from another crime that he committed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, the UK is a lot smaller than, than the US. So it's easy, I say easier, but, you know, it's the same system. It's the same, right. same way, but mm-hmm. we do the same job, but in a different, different way. But, yeah, so th- that was the earliest one. But the advancements, I, I mean, the, the, the main advancement for me was the use of telephones. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the way that you'd use triangulation to mm-hmm. investigate a crime. Yep. So you'd pinpoint, classic one was the, the murder of Danielle Jones. Um, she was a, a schoolgirl murdered by her uncle. And I, don't forget, I was part of a team. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm not a glory hunter, you know. I, I, I <laughs> yep. didn't score the winning goals in these. Yep. I was part of the team. You're being humble, yeah. But it's true. You know, mm-hmm. I, I see too many people do these types of things who go, I was the best thing ever. And I think, no, I worked with you. I know exactly. <laughs> right, I, know exactly right. I know what you are. You well, we read too many uh, thriller novels and, you know, with, with, the, with the protagonist that gets the girl and finds right. the bad yeah. guy and the movies with the explosion in the background as they walk in slow motion toward the camera. <laughs> Everything's you know, sensationalized. Roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is... You've got a whole team. Whole everyone, team. Everyone's mm-hmm. got their job to do. And well, just, if I just, tell you, Danielle Jones, I mean, that's a great case in point because she was, we never found her body. I've just done a television series for um, Sky, which is a part of the Rupert Murdoch group. Mm-hmm. We never found her body. Um, she was murdered, abducted and murdered by her uncle, Stuart Campbell. I interviewed him on the first day that he was brought into custody. But it was the damning telephone evidence that actually secured his conviction because whilst he was saying I had no contact with her, they could prove that his phone was next to her phone Mm -hmm. all through the triangulation. Mm -hmm. Now, this is 2001, so we're talking... Flip phones and cellular and Mm -hmm. you're paying for minutes. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but, But also, what we would also do, and they still do it, yeah. And the criminal knows it, so I'm not putting any trade secrets out there. Mm-hmm. But we'd get phone billing, and we'd have an analyst. Mm-hmm. So it's not the person out in the field, you know, chasing the bad guys or in the interrogation room like you. It's it's the person at the desk job with a highlighter going line item by line it item. Could be. It, it on a phone bill. Yeah. It could be. And mm-hmm. it could be. I mean, what happens is you'll get the, the data will be dumped into a, mm-hmm. a file. Yeah. And somebody will just go through the data mm-hmm. and they'll set some algorithm up mm-hmm. and they'll say, oh, yeah, this call made this, you know, from this point. And, and, and since I left the police service in 16, it's evolved even further. Yeah. I know that for a fact. So it's, it's forever changing. 
but it is sometimes the junior analyst who's not even a cop, mm-hmm. who's just been, you know, getting paid however many dollars an hour, pounds an hour, to go through this data. And all of a sudden they go, bingo. And they become the most important person on that investigation. Right. Now, for me, as an interviewer, it's for me to interpret that information mm-hmm. in order to give it to the suspect. Yeah. And it's, it's brilliant. You know, I am very, very passionate about what I did. I'm very proud of what I did. But as I say, I was part of a fantastic team mm-hmm. with some great senior investigating officers. And it set me up for the person I am now. When you had that initial, that first murderer that you interviewed and you said to yourself, right, this is what I want to do. Was it because you wanted justice for the victim or closure for the families or figuring out why does someone do something like this? What was it that compelled you to pursue? Why do I enjoy investigating murders? Well, it is around that closure. Mm -hmm. But if you've got an inquiring mind, there is nothing better than to sit across the table with somebody who's taken somebody's life to try and find out why they've gone down a course of action, whether they've blown somebody's head off or whether they've stabbed them to death. or There is nothing better from a police perspective. That is the, the, the top of the career. You know, I've 30-plus people I've interviewed for murder. Has there been any kind of commonality between them? Like, everybody is... Uh, you know, a narcissist or every or, or something? Like, could you draw any generalizations or is it every, every... what motivates someone to kill someone is different for everybody? It, it, there's, there's different motivations. Mm-hmm. I mean, domestic violence is on the increase globally. Right. Husbands on wives, less, less often wives on husbands. Sometimes you'd have a, a wife that would kill the husband because they've been a continual victim or you've had the wife kill the husband because she's completely nasty, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there's... um. There's a saying, you know, they're, are they bad or are they mad? Yeah. And quite often they're bad. Very rarely will a psychiatric, you know, assessment take place where they go, yeah, they've got psychiatric issues. Mm-hmm. They get found guilty on, uh, for murder on the grounds of dim- diminished responsibility. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a, a rare occurrence. But, you know, you contract um, killings, revenge, mercy killings. You know, the son that puts the pillow across his mother's face because she's got dementia. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember interviewing a guy for that. That was awful because he thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. His, his mother was extremely unwell. So yeah. they're, the, they're the things. It doesn't affect me as in, I don't, I don't have sleepless nights, right. but I am Marvo the memory man because I remember people's middle names, dates of birth. So it, I can recount the stories mm-hmm. as if they've only just taken place. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our next clip coming up. Where are my notes? Here's my notes. April 11, 2023, E140, Julie Derashinsky. More familiar. Sometimes I can't say a certain word. I told you about my, my mouth today. It's not working. Familiarity. Familiarity. Rick, if you're going to have a podcast, learn how to talk. Okay. All right. So what do we have here? Julie Derashinsky. Here's some notes from the show. There's an an instruction manual to navigate the tribulations of daily life, but there is a Julie Derashinsky. If you're not living your best life, you can do something about it. Listen to this episode and get a great start on life here uh, on your own after that. Also, Three's Company references. Yeah, give me some of those Three's Company references. Let's do this. Can I be Lorna? Lorna? Who Who's remembers? Oh! Lorna! <laughs> she was she was like the big titted neighbor. 
Excuse me, Lorna. It's funny, Liz, because I was like, I don't want to be Chrissy. I'm, I, I want to be Janet, the smart <laughs> one. So we're completely opposite. And so then funny. I thought, Lorna. Yes, yes. She had a thing for Jack, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> when I was growing up, like I'm talking like before junior high, it was on after school, like before dinner. Like yeah. maybe, it was? Yeah, like four oh, o'clock, yes. like the reruns and stuff. That, that's not an experience like our kids would have no. these days, no, right? No, not like, at all. Nor would they ever make a show like that in these fact, days. Yeah. I, I remember being at a friend's house and she said, I'm not allowed to watch Three's Company. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> this is the best show. Right. Like, How about all the jokes about Jack Tripper being mm-hmm. gay? That's from why Mr. they would they would mm-hmm. never make that show these days because oh. one, there's someone pretending to be gay so we can live with two women, which is an odd premise. Yeah. Chrissy and her little teddies, like yes, yeah. Jack sneaking <laughs> I, into her room at night. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to tarnish the memory of the show. It's a good show. Good show. For good the show. Time. We got you a t-shirt, Thanks, guy. Okay. Yes, and ever since the live show, Rick refers to you as cousin Julie, like some type oh. of hillbilly. <laughs> I have to say, the live show was out of this world. Oh, thank you. You guys did such a such a rock star job with that. Thank I you. loved thank it. You. Do more of fun. those. Let's circle back. Julie, what is the scuttlebutt going on in Sudbury these days? And how does it compare to Medfield? That's what Rick and I want to know. The scuttlebutt in Sudbury these days. Well, we've got a big town meeting coming up. Oh, geez. <laughs> big one. We had to vote on a budget override. So way over budget. We've exhausted all possibilities um, to find money. So the vote was for an override, basically, for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Do we, the people of Sudbury, want to pay an extra $300 a year for a new fire truck and to ensure our kids can still have a school bus to ride on? Oh, yeah, the school bus. Are they contemplating charging school bus fees for oh, you guys? Uh, we pay $800 a year Wait, because what? we live... If you live within two miles as the crow flies, mm-hmm. there's no sidewalks. So my kids can't walk to school. Yeah. And they're seven and nine. We pay, it caps out at like 784 a year, mm-hmm. but per kid, it's three something. Um, so we pay that, but that's not the issue. Oh. The issue is no school buses, period, for seventh and eighth graders. So the middle school, every single parent, every single working parent has to be dropping off and picking up their children. And if you live beyond, uh, within two miles, the option to pay mm-hmm. is gone. You just don't have a bus. Oh my God. And now I know your town is very into like green and, you know, climate. Yeah. Control, sustainability. And right. Yeah. Sustainability. Yeah. How, I mean, Asking every parent to drop their child off in school every day seems to not align with that philosophy. (laughs) That blows my mind. It doesn't align with that philosophy. And then, like, the afternoons, right? Mm -hmm. Sudbury, like, even though we joke about how affluent of a town is, like, it's a lot of two-parent working households. Yeah. So the scuttlebutt leading up to the election mm-hmm. is... Like, Good use out. of the word scuttlebutt. <laughs> See what I did there? Yep. <laughs> um, you know, get out there and vote. And so people rage, rightfully so, mm-hmm. on social media about getting out there. Yeah. I'm always shocked at the low turnout when the actual day comes. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind. Yeah. Um, so that kind of proves my theory that people just like to rail on social but when push comes to shove like they're not willing to do much beyond that and when i say they like it's the people that go to the local facebook 
pages and just rant and rant and rant, mm-hmm. like what we were talking about before. So earlier, Rick and I were talking about the um, controversy around the use of leaf blowers in this town. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole Facebook thread about judging people who use leaf blowers yes. and advocating for raking. Yes. So you see that in Sudbury as well? Absolutely. I forgot about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is there nothing safe? Right? <laughs> like, nothing's good for us. Yeah. Right. Nothing. Right. Julie, we were talking about a guy who, who recorded video of his neighbor getting serviced by guys with leaf blowers. Mm-hmm. That sounded weird. I know. Can hey, we rephrase I'm that? Anytime, anytime you say a guy getting serviced, it's usually... There. Yes. All right, all right. Uh, landscapers blowing leaves off the guy's yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Recording this and then posting it on Facebook and then just going off on a tirade about how it's polluting the air and the noise and all that stuff. Just... Think not about what's going on outside, but what's going on in this guy's living room. Oh. And then in as a life coach, yeah. what's your take on the person, the kind of person that takes video of their activities going on at their neighbor's house and then posting it on Facebook and then condemning that neighbor? What's going on there, would you say? And, and how would you, if you were sitting down with this person, what would you do to maybe finesse mm. whatever the hell's going on there? Mm. Good question. Yeah, we have a lot of that in Sudbury too. A lot of a lot of video shaming, post to social media. By adults. A lot during COVID. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. During COVID, if people were seen unmasked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, honestly, <laughs> I I would like to sit down with said individual and get curious with him, her, mm-hmm. them yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> about mm-hmm. what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a that's a a person who's, I, in my opinion, deeply unhappy mm-hmm. um, and deeply conflicted. And so they're projecting this inner rage um, on the outside world. And I would also want to ask, like, what outcome, like, what are we going for here? Like, what does success look like with posting that video? What are you, what are, what, what's going to, what's it going to take for you to say, I've been successful with my mission? Now, that person might say, all the leaf blowers come off the shelves at Home Depot and everybody starts raking again. Great. Mm-hmm. But is there a better way to achieve that outcome? Is there some activism or advocacy you could do that doesn't involve public shaming? Like how can we honor that value of sustainability environmentalism without being a dick? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, April 25, 223, we had the honor, the privilege. Actually, I wouldn't say honor. That's, talk about hyperbole. He's just a real estate agent, Jesus Christ. His name is Evan Walsh. He's a buddy, uh, kind of we're partnering up now. We're kind of getting together and we're geeking out about podcasting. Again, you know, he's video, I'm audio. We're going to blend it. It's great. I like to collaborate. It's nice to expand the community. This show might actually start getting really good. Right now, it's just above mediocre. It's probably going to be really above mediocre by June if I keep these relationships going. Anyway, Evan Walsh, he's coming in. He's got these weird stories about, like, you think, oh, just, you know, it's another day on the job, right? No. Being a real estate agent exposes you to some pretty unique opportunities. There you go. Have a listen. There's a note on here, Rick. I assume it came from you. Um Dead body in a pond. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when I reached out to Evan mm-hmm. 
to invite him on to the show, and, and we were just going back and forth about some things we could talk about. Uh, I wanted some of these like crazy realtor yeah. stories, yeah. and he he offered a crazy one. You want to elaborate on? Mm. Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, it's it's somewhat close to home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't give like the real specific details to it. Um, and this is sort of like a. I mean, just the the how close I was to this whole sort of scenario is, is really kind of crazy. So we're kind of looking at this from like a true crime. Yes. Uh, and this is perfect. Yep. And he, he told me, he said, you, you know, Liz loves true crime. <laughs> so, uh, so I was, I was selling a, I was selling a, a house nearby and, um, it, it we were having, uh, it was, it was under construction. It was taking a long time. I got a call from an agent that I was um, not familiar with, but a very nice lady. Anyway, she said that she had a friend that was going to come up and wanted to take a look at, at this listing. I said, great. I live, you know, right around the corner. I'm happy to, to come and take a look. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so I get to the house and the, um, uh, and the, uh, the general contractor was there and he says, uh, he says, Oh, have you, uh, he was like, what are you doing here? I was like, Oh, I've got a, I've got a showing. He says, Oh, is it the the lady from yesterday? And I said, I, I have no idea. He says, Oh, well, she's a, she's a stunner. Oh, <laughs> I said, all right. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> so, um, you know, typically like showings are, you know, so they can sometimes be a little dull, but, uh, anyway, this, this woman pulls in brand new Range Rover. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, just a beautiful, beautiful woman. And, um, she gets out of the car. We do the showing. I'm like, this is the greatest showing of my life, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, they were looking for a house that had uh, room for a pool. So, unfortunately, just the way that this particular lot was constructed, it, it didn't offer a great area for a pool. Anyway, uh, they left. Fast forward uh, about six months to a year. Um, they ended up buying a house that I had listed previously, um, but I get diagnosed with stage three bladder cancer. So I had to leave that listing and go and do chemo and all Mm -hmm. that fun stuff. Um, and I was cured, thank God. Um, but they ended up buying the house that I had to leave and, uh, go through my cancer treatments. So, um, which is just kind of like, you know, coincidence. And then I met them at this house. So uh, I was doing an open house in Dedham and I got a call from a client and she said, she said, oh my God, did you hear about the murder? And I was like, no, like what? And she sent me a text message with, um, with the people uh, and it was this woman that I had met at the house. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And then I and then I saw sort of like where it had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was sort of missing in the woods at this point. And uh, I'm like, oh, my God, like this. I mean, this is horrible. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going through my normal day and uh, I got another text message or actually a phone call from an agent that uh, that works in in this particular town. And she said, oh, my God, Evan, I, I can't believe they found the body in the pond at your listing. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. And I'm like, oh my god, what? What? And so I'm like, I'm like, I'm in a showing or something, and I'm like, I can't. Like, this is insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we as we start to kind, of, I'm like trying to put all these pieces together, and um, and then I'm like, oh my god. So um, what ended up happening, and this is where it gets really crazy. So. So remember, I had said that I had met this woman. Yeah. Um, she ended up bringing her husband. Now, her husband happens to be a urologist, and 
also performs the exact same surgery that I had for my cancer no diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And my friend who gave me the doctor rec uh, surgeon recommendations, he was on the list <laughs> of people that he would recommend. Well, this guy's oh, a murderer. <laughs> Good with a knife. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Good with Jesus. Jesus. So, Holy cow. Yeah. So, and then it just, and then it gets, it goes, it gets like. This dark. is some serious. So he murdered his wife? Yeah. And dumped uh, her in a so, pond? So, I mean, the, the trial hasn't. Hasn't been no, done he yet, did but it. you know Give what me I'm a break, saying, Evan. You know? It's always the husband. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the time. so anyway, she uh, she ended up going missing on uh, I think it was like a Thursday, mm -hmm. and um, and nobody at the and then so it was like a couple of days later that the police started to investigate and all of that. Um, but what ended up happening was um, he knew that the house that I was selling because it was new construction was vacant, and so he brought the body up. The, well, in the car. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then basically across the front yard and, um, you know, put her in the pond. Jesus. So, uh, I... So your listing became a crime scene. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Holy cow. So, I heard... Uh, I, I go driving by one day, um, sort of after, like, this is before anything has been sorted out. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that they had found her um, the night before. Uh, which was a Saturday night. I showed the property on Saturday with the woman's body in the pond. And we're like, we're on the front porch, like, oh, look at the pond. Isn't it beautiful? You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. And meanwhile, this, this poor woman is, Oh you my know, God. Yeah. And, uh, and so then I drove by like uh, the next day and there's like all sorts of police there. Um, do you put, um, do, do you talk about that tight security on the MLS sheet? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's a value add, right? So, yeah, definitely private enough for yeah. just about anything, you know. <laughs> so, keep, just remember, this is a comedy yeah. podcast. Yeah. So we're talking about cancer, and yeah. we're talking about murder. <laughs> keep going, <laughs> <at it. laughs> So, um, yeah. So, anyway, they, uh, you know, they they were able to, you know, exhume the body and. Uh, what was kind of crazy is I was about to list the house next door. Mm -hmm. I had the house behind it under agreement. Wow. So this particular situation could have created a, you know, a very, it just, it would have been even mm -hmm. worse. Yeah. You know? How long were you unable to access that property because it was a crime scene? <laughs> well, oddly, only like 24 hours. Oh, wow. So uh, there was FBI, there was, I mean, like everybody was there. Yeah. Um, but here's the craziest aspect of this whole mm -hmm. story. Um, we had buyers that ended up buying it like two days later and we're trying uh, to understanding that there was a dead body. Well, we don't know how to proceed. Like yeah. what do we do? Legally, do, we do you to, have to tell them that? Well, so we don't know. So okay. we, we consulted with, uh, with the real estate attorney and apparently if <laughs> it is only a misdemeanor to dump <laughs> a body. Oh my God. Seriously? I really? swear to God. So, <laughs> So we're like, well, what the hell do we do? Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at, on one side, you you, you kind of, our, our responsibility is to the seller. Like, we can't leave them hanging, you right. know? And so, you know, the other part is like, you know, you feel obligated to tell somebody that this just happened. and yeah. Or if they hear about it in the news, then we're like, you know. It's not a good look. It's You're just get not a bad a Yelp review. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Minor oversights. <laughs> so, you know, we tried to handle it the right way. The attorneys advise us. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, go figure. A misdemeanor to. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, Agreed. a misdemeanor, and yeah. we are not obligated to disclose a misdemeanor. If wow. it was a felony, you would. Be? If a, apparently, if okay. it was a felony or any more than that, yeah, we did wow. anyway, just yeah. because it was the, the right, right thing, thing to, to do. do. Yeah, 
Damn. That's amazing. I, mean, I don't know where to go from here. Well, well, <laughs> well I, I think we can, I think we can, okay, well, we got to kind of back it up right. and, and have a smooth landing, Oof. right? We're gonna, that's amazing. I yeah. I appreciate the story. Yes. Um, that is wild. And we, we I, I know I can do this. I okay. Think I can bring it home. Okay. We're talking about disclosing, right? Yep. I used to live in a haunted house. Really? Oh, that's right. You grew up in a haunted house. No, no, no. Oh, I, wait. No, I just, just rented in Dover, New Hampshire, 13 Durrell Street. Wow. Behind Janelle's Market, if you want to go. But in that house, I had uh, seen it twice, and um, it grabbed me once. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a crazy person. I In a good way? <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I found was it, it during ar- shower time. <laughs> or? I found it arousing. No, no, uh, no, it freaked the hell out of me. And then two other times, it showed itself to me, and I'm like, okay, all right, oh. buddy. And then you just told it to leave, right? Yeah, what do you mean? it showed itself to you. Uh, well, it exposed itself. Yeah. Yep. It grabbed so, me and then exposed so. itself. <laughs> I was molested by a ghost. I Liz thinks this is funny. It is. I was that sexually assaulted by a ghost. No. Um, those Dover, New Hampshire ghosts are crazy. Are crazy. So anyway, I brought that up with my real uh, landlord. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, uh, you know this place is haunted? And he's like, oh, I don't know nothing. Oh, <laughs> he's like, I don't know nothing. Wow. And now I, so my question to you, yeah, if a house is haunted or reported to be haunted or there's been experiences, right? Yep. There's even a national registry of haunted yes. houses. Yeah, yeah. There's yep. several of them in Medfield that are on that. Mm-hmm. Do you have to disclose that? So when it comes to disclosures, we only have to disclose what we know, right? Mm-hmm. And so if somebody, and and if asked, mm-hmm. um, there, I mean, there are certain things that you have to, health hazards or risks and stuff like that that you have to disclose up front. But like, mm-hmm. um, you know, when it comes to ghosts, like if somebody, you know, how do you document whether or not it's actually haunted? Right. Somebody could say to you, you know, we think our house is haunted or oh, our house is haunted and who knows, you know, mm-hmm. until you see it or feel it or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm told that from a seller and then a buyer were to ask, then I have to tell them, okay. you know, the seller says it's haunted, but, you know, they're a horny ghost. So you're in, <laughs> you're in good shape. Hey, did you see the movie Showgirls with that girl? I th- was it Elizabeth Berkeley from Saved by the Bell? It was terrible. Terrible. You do not need to see that movie. You really don't. I mean, it's not that great. I think you know that. Okay. Well, anyway, why am I talking about showgirls? Well, because we had a showgirl in the studio, and um, she's very talented. And I think, I think you know what? When you meet somebody who is one of the best at what they do, they're at an elite level, right? They're, they're not just, you know, your typical, like, you know, nine-to-fiver. Not that, you know, any of us are lesser than. I'm just saying, you know, some of us go to work and we do accounting for for eight hours and then we come home to our, our, our family and, and we go to go to dance class or whatever, right? So what you call a tangent. Some people they actually like rise to the occasion and, and soar above and they're like top shelf. And I'm talking about this next guest, Caitlin Kasky. She's a friend of mine. She's also the wife of a really good friend of mine. And she uh, is a dancer, I guess. I, I guess you could still say she's a da- she's a dance instructor. She's a dance judge. She was a Vegas showgirl for the uh, Jubilee show several, several, several years ago. Like you know, before 
marriage and children. And that's what she's talking about here. So why don't you give it a listen? I think you're going to really like it. Let's talk about the shadier side. I saw the movie <laughs> Showgirls, and it's uh, there's a seedy underworld there, right? Yeah, I did, mean, did, it's did, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. right. It's Vegas. It's, everything is seedy in Vegas, yeah, right? Just, if you look it took yeah. me a long time to go back. It was hard really? living there. Yeah, let's, you had let's to. Let's hear about, because you seem like a wholesome person. You come from, you I know, mean, you're... have you heard me? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, like, I don't know if I saw the whole movie. I've never uh, seen it. It's, it's not a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. Like, I, I think I might have seen, like, 20, 30-minute stretches here and there of it. It just looks like the dark world of the industry. I mean, casting couches, drugs, whatever, right? Um, yeah, other it definitely pressures. wasn't that. You know, no? at least the show I was in. Mm-hmm. But, um, but gosh, I mean, that's, yes, that is, I've heard some stories. Luckily, did not have to experience that or witness it myself. So but. you were immune to it. Like, you went in, like, I'm a professional, I'm here to dance, and you left... Well, you were there for like a year. I was only right? there a year. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. I mean, I was asked to stay on, which mm-hmm. was great. But I think. I mean, I was engaged, so there was that. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of mm-hmm. had a wedding, you know, looming in the background there. But it's just a tough world to be in, and I think Vegas is like a whole other animal. Yeah. Um. But I think anywhere, even living in New York, it's not what. It's not what I remembered growing up. Like, I loved going in and out and taking classes and walking around. I thought it was such a magical city. But then living there, you see the, like, yeah. ugh. Yeah, like, you're like, I, this isn't actually as great as I anticipated. And But it's keeping that mindset. It's keeping that, like, this isn't real life. Like, mm. everywhere I turn, I see this billboard. And, you know, like, we would have to, as a cast, we'd always have an off day. And we'd make sure to, like, go hiking and go out to the lake and just try and get away from that life, you know? Yeah. But I also saw, you know, people spiral in the other direction oh, and, you know, it's just like with everything, you know? Oh, sure. Let's talk about these um, parties where um, your husband told me about where these pool parties <laughs> where uh, the topless dancers can't have tan lines, so mm-hmm. they have to go to the parties and hang out topless. Yep. It was in their contract. They could not have tan lines. And this was a very, like, <laughs> old Vegas, like, classic Vegas show. Mm-hmm. Again, I was fully covered. I was yeah. very proud of, like, the, the tracks that I did. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's in your contract that you cannot have tan lines. So there was, like, certain pools at, like, Mandalay Bay that they would have free um, memberships to because they – go they'd have to make sure to go that they can take their top off and yep. um, oh my god yeah wait, wait, hold on i'm writing this down <laughs> Bay. Okay. i mean you don't have to look too hard if right. you're somewhere like that you know sure. um but yes there was a party i was bringing you know steve to at the time we were engaged it's like how lucky is he right you know, to like go you're coming to these parties, you're seeing like these topless women around you, you know? Yeah. And um, the excitement ended pretty quickly when he turned around and there were a bunch of guys in their G-strings ah! also, you know, <laughs> right. because they couldn't have tan lines right. when there were certain, there was like a Samson and Delilah, like whole scene there, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, in uh, as a part of the show. So the guys would be in, you know g-strings and oh my god you know so it was that it was that healthy balance do you become do you become like desensitized to stuff like that at a certain point totally oh totally another set of boobs (laughs) exactly and i think i went into it being like oh i honestly didn't realize so i knew the contract i signed Mm -hmm. i knew that i was going to be fully covered made sure all of that Mm -hmm. i guess i i didn't realize the amount of topless 
showgirls that were in the show. Mm-hmm. So I remember getting there and being like, oh my gosh, like I know this is a great show. Like I know so many people add this. And granted, they're in like Swarovski crystal right. everywhere yeah. else. And it's so yeah. elaborate. And you actually could not have you you couldn't have fake boobs. You couldn't you had oh. to be all natural. So that was another thing. They were all about keeping the class to it, you mm-hmm. know? Um which again, I mean there's nipples there. Right. So. <laughs> I mean, there's only, but yes, I was definitely, definitely desensitized, which, yeah. you know. Well, your husband was too, because he told me he used to fall asleep at the shows. What? Yes, <laughs> totally. He was so lame. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, he would get, the first time he came out, you, if you had friends or family come, you could sit in the light booth and mm. that that was the best seat in the house. So we had to like sign up ahead of time. And in the beginning, we had a showgirl coming out of the ceiling that mm. would like drop down you know, get a, that's how she entered the stage. He was sleeping. <laughs> and so you'd have someone right in front of you. We, we run back to the dressing room. We're getting changed, like, for our next, you know, next scene or whatever. And they're like, did you see that guy sleeping? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like it's my fiance. Clearly the life of the party, right. you know. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, that's funny. So, yeah. Interesting. I like tan lines, by the way, just for the record. I mean, as a guy. <laughs> Good I, to know. Yeah, just... <laughs> You should let a couple dancers have, you know, it's a little something for everybody. That's just my take. It, it was kind of crazy because, I mean, we have spray tan. We have bronzer, right. you know, yes. so it was like a little silly that it was such a, you mm-hmm. know. Well, they want real boobs. They want real, real tans. tans. Right? Yeah, they want, they want it, you know. But oh. th- those were only parts. I mean, there were parts where we, everyone was in like the ballroom, you know, gowns and yeah. Yeah. all of that. They were having, it was just that like little bit of everything, mm-hmm. so. Well, I love talking about breasts, but (laughs) I also like talking about crazy moms. So let's talk about Dance Moms because there's a TV show, Dance Moms. My daughters watched them all. I kind of check in and hang out a little bit, watch increments. I can only take about 10 minutes. But I'm like, do do these moms not, they act, they're acting like, oh, the spotlight's on me. I'm kind of like a Kardashian now. I'm so important. (laughs) Everyone look look at the camera crew. Like, you can just kind of get that vibe that they are like rising to the occasion of the lights are on, the camera's rolling. I got to perform, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, someone needs, like their husband needs to pull them aside and say, look, they're making a spectacle of you. They, you're, you're, no one's watching the show with you, they're watching it at you. You know what I mean? Like, right. like you are entertainment for a different reason than you think. <laughs> You're not. We're not watching for your talent. Yeah. We're watching for your train wreck. You're not in on the joke. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's hear some crazy stories. Like you're, you, you judge, and uh, also you, you, you teach. So, are there some moms out there that in the past that have? been a little aggressive with their kids like and, and like this isn't any sport you know you got yeah. the crazy soccer mom you got the crazy ho- yeah. hockey i was a hockey player hockey parents can get like almost violent i would think the know? worst part of teaching or coaching is dealing with the parents 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. but i have to say i'm very passionate on the sidelines too you know like mm-hmm. anything having to do with our kids you're just like on mm-hmm. you know at, at all aspects dance moms obviously a lot of it is the entertainment aspect of it yeah that's what they're there to do they're you know there for the reality show but yeah, I've definitely witnessed some crazy or, you know, even on a show having a mom come up and she tried to blame, this was recently this season, and she tried to blame our sound guy for starting the music too early because her daughter messed up. 
And I went back and like looked at the video with her. I'm like, they were in their pose for five seconds before he started, you know? So it's just some of these like irrational of being like, well, they need to go on again. I'm like, no, they don't, you know, (laughs) like just very, you know, again, but it's, it's passionate. You know, if you're at the competition level, especially once you get to a certain age, most likely that's something you want to continue or go on and do. And it's preparing you for auditions. You know, like I would, I've gotten to auditions where I'd make it to the final like taping, you know, that was like the last step and I would totally freeze Mm -hmm. and I didn't get the job, you know? So it is just kind of like having you practice that like, Hey, sometimes things happen, but how are we going to fix it? How are we going to like pick it back up and continue? And have you had moms come to you and say, I think my daughter should be in the front row. Oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) And luckily this is why I will never and have never owned a dance studio. So God bless all of those studio owners, you know, that have to deal with that. Like they have to deal with that a lot more than me as Mm -hmm. a teacher. Um, but absolutely. Or the ones that come and their daughter's like two years old and they're like, she's so talented. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, she is. She's a prodigy. I can tell. Okay, guys, that's going to do it for us. We are coming back next week. I'm going to, I've said it before, but this time I'm, I'm looking you in the eyes. I'm looking, look at, look at me. Look, look at, up here. Eyes are up here. No, my eyes are up here. Yep. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You can look at my six pack later, but right now I want to connect with you on an interpersonal level. And I want to tell you that um, we are going to come back next week and we're going to do a show and it's going to have a formula and a format and a theme and cohesive might actually have a rant or two actually i can guarantee you they'll have at least two rants and uh we'll be back on we'll be back at it you know we had we had a rest and rejuvenate relax we got that we got that month under our belt it feels good kind of itching to do it again all right i'm out of here take care peace out <laughs>